Rogers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Five Stripe Final, JCM Jones from the Mothership and Dirty South Soccer, sometimes. Joe Patrick from 90.9 The Game and Dirty South Soccer, most of the time, is right over there. Hey, hey. Well, well, well. What's up? If it isn't the consequences of our own actions. Again, for some reason. We keep choosing to do this. Um, You're welcome. First off, we've been way more consistent with this. Um, And yeah, we're doing a good job. We're doing a good job. I think you're doing a good job and we're glad you're here. Um, Joe, what are we talking about today? Oh, man, we we got a lot going on. We got. uh, No, wrong, wrong. The real answer. Actually, Joseph is bad. Oh, yes. I don't know if you know this, but the people in Orlando have have (laughs) emerged like cicadas (laughs) from the ground. (laughs) The brood that comes out every so often (laughs) to say that. No, no, (laughs) it is the people who are wrong. Joseph actually is bad. Are we going to go into this tweet now or are we going to save it to later? (laughs) <laughs> I'm still I'm still laughing at it honestly I don't know if I have like anything else in my I, mind I, I just noticed that that tweet uh was sent at like three something in the morning oh to be fair that dude's from England oh okay there you go I uh-huh. guess that makes more sense so it was like nine there but like any time in the morning where you're like man I should I should tweet that Joseph is bad that is purely an <laughs> yeah. afternoon activity you idiots <laughs> get it together we'll talk about that later because it made us laugh uh, but there are other things to kind of get to. Um, first off, we want to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon up and running at full force, kind of a more force than we even really expected. Yeah. There's there's too much stuff right now. We have things actually on back order and we even have bigger things coming up. You should guys should go check that out. Check out our interview with Jackson Conway, the Atlanta United homegrown player. He was excellent. Um, really, really fun guy for a 19 year old learning to deal with the media. You know, that's hard to do. It's hard to answer questions openly and candidly. You did a great job with that. Also got interviews with folks like George Campbell, uh, new Atlanta United center back signing Alex DeJohn as well and more so much more. There are already like, I think we're nearing 75 of y'all already. And it's been like a week. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah crazy. Uh, by the way, that we're, we're going to put an episode together with Campbell and Dijon. Dijon. I'm going to mess that up so many times. Dijon. He said, he's like, yeah, call me. Uh, people have called him Dijon, like Dijon mustard. Um, that episode will go out to all patrons. Um, normally we do the the dailies only go out to our $10 tier, but we're going to put this one out for, uh, for everybody because it's not really like a daily. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be doing any media this week. Maybe they will toward the end of the week, but these last couple of days they've been doing, uh, it's like been media day for the players. So they put them through the whole car wash of filming their little walk-ups and things and gifts <laughs> and that they, they can post throughout the year. Booked tired yeah <laughs> yeah and then they <laughs> they end the day by letting them talk do some media uh which is i'm sure is exactly what they want to be doing so mm-hmm. um but no thank i really appreciate the team setting that up and for the players Absolutely. um talking to us so look out for that later this week and then we have uh, can we go ahead and announce who we have on thursday 
Well, I was going to put that one out on Thursday and then save, but you can announce for next week what we're going to be. I had told you. Oh, see, oh God, I don't know the schedule. Plan, now. We're doing our planning right now. Ryan Kennedy's, uh will be going out next week, next Monday. Excellent. Ryan, the former social media manager for Lean United, among other things. Wonderful, wonderful human. I'm, he might be listening. Who knows? Who knows? Ryan, we love you. We love you. All right. Well, that's out of the way. Might as well move on slowly, but surely moving, creeping, inching towards getting to this thing we call business time. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh, it's business. It's business time. Oh, oh, oh. Business time, Joe. Patrick, uh, a few things to kind of note, and I don't know what we really want to start with, but I, but I think we should mention maybe first off that Joseph Martinez spoke to media for the first time on Friday. Ooh, yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. It was just good to see him back. I think he was also enjoying it. I think he was happy to just mm-hmm. be in the mix again. I, I, you know, he doesn't love media, doing media all the time, but I think this was one of those days where it was just kind of another step back for him in terms of <laughs> stepping back into his normal routine. Um, and I know he, he looked very happy to see Doug. Uh, Doug ever present at the media <laughs> sessions. Um, he was, uh-huh. and he was just talking about all kinds of things. He was talking about his dogs that he's got. I guess he's doing some breeding of some sort. I have no idea, but he said he has nine puppies. And yeah. then he said in English, and I quote, piss and shit everywhere, <laughs> which needs to be yeah. on a shirt. And he's doing more, uh, more English responses. So that's always fun mm-hmm. to hear. Um, and yeah, just, just good to see him. Growing a man bun. Yeah, that, we've had some questions about that as mm-hmm. well. I'm not sure if that increases his powers along with the belly, but we'll have to see. No, he seemed like he was in a, a Joseph mood. You know, he even said up at the top, uh, I'm not happy, but I'm glad to be here, I think is what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm sure something upset him that day of training. Maybe he he missed one shot out of like 45 and he was furious the rest of the day. It kind of seems like him. It's funny how much he acknowledges his anger issues. I'm not sure if that's like something <laughs> he's had to work through. Um, but even still, he he said things like, you know, he couldn't watch games when he was out because it made him either mad or upset. And he he doesn't like to be mad, he said. And they just kind of over and over again, he just proves how much he cares more than you, which is why everyone loves him. Right. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, he seemed to be in a pretty good mood about his fitness. He said there's still work to do. He said he's still kind of learning to trust his knee, which I thought was an interesting way of putting it and makes a lot of sense. When you think about it, you have to kind of learn what you're what you're capable of at this point. And there's some fear there. There's just going to be an inherent fear sure. to tweaking something again. So he's learning how to do that. He said he's he's maybe avoiding a couple of tackles here and there. He's already been hurt once before in training by a tackle. And I remember being at the, the training ground that day and everyone was like in a really like secretive hush hush mood. And we're like, what? What happened? And someone finally came over and said, yeah, he like ran into Leandro and broke his thumb That's or something right. like that. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think he said at one point, I don't want to get hurt in training again. <laughs> yeah, he was saying that he was like pulling out of tackles and, and things like that to try to preserve himself where he may not have in the past. Probably good um, as for a player who's, you know, not in the late stages of his career, but kind of approaching that mid-career, you know, not to go too crazy in training. I thought the the one like most pertinent thing that he said was and I think he was talking about this in Spanish so I'm not maybe not getting the whole thing but he talked about having multiple surgeries um mm-hmm. on that knee um I guess he had an infection perhaps or something like that I'm not sure exactly the details but maybe a little bit longer of a of a 
of a recovery time for Joseph Martinez than what we're seeing from other players around the league um, who are seem to be recovering from ACLs. Like it seems like with an ACL, if that first surgery goes really well and there are no issues, then you can come back really, really soon. Um, Blanco is back in like Mm -hmm. six months. Um, But Joseph, it seems like there's been a little bit more hiccups, but you know, it was just a tough year to have to do something like that. So maybe a little bit expected and maybe it impacts his minutes early in the season. Yeah, no, uh, Felipe Cardenas uh, did the translation there and said he set up to five surgical procedures on his injured knee. And the more more surgeries, the worse. That's not great news at all. Um, He said he had a lot of scar tissue that first surgery, had an infection, which required additional intervention. Uh, It was the same surgeon who operated on Zatan, though, which is encouraging because everyone kind of remarks how quickly Zatan was able to heal. Um, So hopefully, hopefully Joseph has that same level of strength and everything like that. However, I will note that Zlatan is notoriously rigid in his mobility, (laughs) um, exercises and diet, etc. Joseph, maybe not so much. Yeah, maybe not so much. But again, not sure it matters. Not sure it matters because he's Joseph. And this is this is just kind of how he rolls. And that's okay. And that's okay. He may burn out. At like 29, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Who has it? Who among us? <laughs> yeah, uh, clearly. Um, the other thing is that, you know, he was already trolling Orlando. It was like when one of the first things he said, he was already taking the piss. So that's always good to see. And you just love Joseph how said, much he leans into Daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> you just love how much he leans into the entertainment aspect. Um, Brian Kennedy's out to, to kind of hint at, at his interview or the interview we did with him. He kind of talks about that with Joseph, how he just kind of embraces all of that, the entertainment aspect of, of soccer. And uh, it's always great to see. It's like he's like cutting a promo, essentially. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He knows exactly where the camera is at all times, which is which is delightful. We love it. We love it. It's also delightful to see him back and moving in in somewhat real speed. Lady United does play a preseason friendly with Tormenta FC. The final score in that one, three nil. Looks like Tyler Wolf, Jake Moraney, and Cubo all scored in that one. But some highlights of Joseph coming in as well, which I think like the Orlando folks have latched on to some random ass report from report quotation marks from the game that, that Joseph didn't look like himself. And they're like, yep, he's done. Finished. <laughs> bad. Actually has been bad. Um, so again, it's a preseason friendly, not a ton to take from that. Um, understand that. Uh, I'm not sure if I can say this. We can edit it out if we decide I can't say this. Um, Anton walks or not Anton walks, excuse me. Uh, Miles Robinson and George Campbell were the primary center back pairing. Yeah, I think you can see that, that kind of in thing. the video that they put out that those two were playing together. Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. And uh, yeah, no, uh, which may not matter at all. Right, Joe Patrick? Because yeah. it, it seems like another center back is on his way. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I do want to say bef- even before that, though, I wouldn't put much stock into like who is starting in these games, especially at center back. I feel like um, you very well could want to have Anton Walks playing as like the more senior member with whoever uh, what other other center back he would have been playing alongside in the (laughs) second half of that game instead of being like George Campbell and yeah and some random warm body maybe Alex John I I guess he would have been participating in that scrimmage yeah Uh, I guess we do need to mention that Alex John does come in he has played 12 MLS games they're all with Orlando uh we got to talk to him the other day seemed like a very positive and and chill dude who kind of is just happy to be here and I think he probably have a very similar hold of the one yeah in Orlando all things considered yeah and and uh something that he revealed which we didn't know or at least I didn't know uh before we talked to him was that he said he's been training with the team for like three weeks now so he's basically Mm -hmm. been part of this training camp since since the get-go um 
But yeah, check that out. Check out that interview when we release it for more details as to why and how. But uh, yeah, on to the other center back. That's kind of the big news around the team right now is it looks like Alan Franco, the transfer is really set to happen. Um, Barring. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. But um, he's obviously got to pass the medical, the dreaded medical. um, Uh But it seems like just judging by the way that his manager, Julio uh, Falcioni, Falcioni uh, was speaking after the game last night was that he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't want him to go. It sucks because now I have all these kids I got to replace them with because they can't go out (laughs) in the transfer market and get a new center back. But um, and he was like, I would escort him to the plane in June if he would just wait. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, I mean, the, the fact that it's not the transfer window is so interesting to me um, that they felt that they were good enough to the deal is good enough for them to go ahead and act on it, which is kind of crazy to think about. And that's always me, right? that's always been kind of the pessimism as to if they would get another center back now at this point mm-hmm. uh, was it is because a situation just like Independiente is about to face if they do lose Franco's that they won't be able to replace. So um, we'll be interesting. I wonder if Atlanta United had to sweeten the deal for them a little bit. The interesting part of the actual finances of the deal is that it's for reported two point eight million, which we pretty much knew Latar Giannetti's was for about three million reportedly. But this one's only for 50 percent of the fee. So of like that's like 50 percent of the sell-on value that you would get in the next sale. Gianetti's was 100%, of course. We talked about that in the last show. Um, so 50% is a, is a huge chunk. And that basically mm-hmm. signals to me that the team is not really going to make a substantial profit whenever or if they do sell Alan Franco in the future, uh, assuming that he comes to Atlanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that it's worth it's probably worth it because it just makes you better right now. And it's like, OK, well, we, we'll just bite the bullet and not take really much of a profit on him after we sell him on. But at least he make while he's here, he'll make the team better. So exactly. They're biting the bullet on that, but it's not like they're really decreasing in quality. He seems to be. Yeah. A pretty decent passer. He's not going to maybe dribble out as some as much as the other guys, apparently. Um, but it seems to be a quality defender. Seems to be maybe the best defender of the bunch that's, that's come in or reportedly tried to come in so far this offseason, you know. Um, so I want I want to honestly, I, it's a plus, right? Well, yeah, I think so. And I think th- so. This is a really interesting conversation to have. I think a lot of people are interested in the fact that he's not known as being, like you say, this guy who's going to really be great on the ball. Um spraying passes, you know, hitting long diagonals, those beautiful raking diagonals that can switch the play and things like that. Um, But I put it out there yesterday. I put a tweet out there and I retweeted myself from 2019, a game um, again that Atlanta United played against Toronto in which, you know, I I remember clipping up that game because I thought Miles Robinson was excellent. And I think that it really shows that Miles Robinson is capable of a lot more on the ball than I think a lot of people you know, have kind of pigeonholed mm-hmm. him as, and I, I, the reason I kind of went looking for was because something that you posted uh, in our Slack the other day, which was you finding that FB ref, uh, that visual uh, of his passing numbers and they're not that bad. Um, they're really good actually. Yeah. Which yeah. Is crazy. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, it, and people are right that he does not do a lot of those long passes, um, but he's very good at dribbling the ball forward. And, you know, what was the term that Frank said? Uh, 
uh, provoking, provoking the defense <laughs> and then finding the open man, like literally, like, you know, uh, and that's like kind of something that Michael Parker's did really, really well, which is kind of just take those touches, take those touches and then just invite the def- the the opposition to start their press, like kind of to, to start in motion against you. And then once that starts, you can find the open man and start an attack. So that's the kind of way that I see Miles Robinson on the ball. And um, I and then there, I think the other angle to this, this is kind of me just galaxy braining the situation. But I do almost feel like Alan Franco could be the Miles Robinson, quote unquote, replacement. Um, if you know they do get rid of Miles Robinson after this year, then you still have that kind of Miles Robinson type uh, defender first kind of player, and then you can go out and get another you know ball playing center back if you feel like that's something you need down the road. I will say that it is good news that Teotl football seems to like this guy more than Giannetti. There oh, really? you go. Mm. There, there's your Teotl football endorsement yeah. at least from a statistical standpoint. So I, that, that's encouraging. It's I, all encouraging, honestly. So I just I, get it done, I, please. I mentioned Franco in the the center back scouting, the football manager scouting thing. Did, that we did. Congrats. And, but uh, the reason he popped up, but I'll never forget seeing him play uh, when I was watching those independiente games when barco was on the team we were all just kind of like watching those last couple games of their sudamericana run and i remember franco standing out as like wow this guy is like one of the best players on the field um and at that time he was only like 19 or 20 years old Mm. and it's not easy to look that way when you're playing at center back um it's not easy to look like the best player on the field but i just remember him looking like just winning his challenges very aggressive tenacious and of course that's what uh that's what people are kind of, you know, seeing now when they see the film, they're seeing that SEC speed, right? <laughs> he's like, he's like, that, he's like that defensive end, you know, like the, that's the mm, thing about the SEC mm. speed. It's not necessarily about the receivers. It's those like the, it's the, the big guys, the big guys who are yeah. still fast as hell, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. that's Alan Franco to me. I love to see it. We love to see it. Um, no, it's all good. It's all encouraging. And again, just the big thing right now is everyone is wondering exactly how this is going to collapse at the last second. It seems <laughs> to be on track, <laughs> but way too many people. People ask you that question. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, y'all. We have like two things go wrong this whole off season and y'all are like, man, <laughs> sucks. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We're going to be fine. I think we were going to be fine either way, but adding this in, getting this in early, it's just a little added bonus. Seems good. Seems good. We should be fine. We should be fine. And we should be fine still, even after we take a quick break. And before we get back into the show, did just want to shout out once again, our partners at Lucid FC for bringing you this episode of Five Stripe Final. They've got a new shop out um, in Buckhead. It's right behind the Whole Foods there. Uh, The address is 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest, if you want to write that down or Google it or whatever. But I cannot wait to see what they get done there because I think that that shop is going to be um, experiential, to say the least. These guys are really creative, and uh, I think that it will be more than just a a place to sell clothes. So that would be really cool. But you can obviously also order from them online at lucidfc.us. They've got their new spring-summer 2021 collection out now, uh, which you can buy right now online, called This is a Modern World. It's really cool stuff. The collection brings nostalgic, psychedelic party nights of the past to the new modern lifestyle. Uh, I've checked it out on, on their shop. It looks really cool. The products on this line will be sold exclusively to directly to you on the Lucid FC website. That's where you get it. Uh, they've got unisex sizes from extra small to extra, extra large and uh, price points from $8 to $380. So there's something in there for everybody. Uh, and it has just launched and it's really cool. Definitely would recommend everybody go check out uh, lucidfc.us and maybe pick up yourself some, uh, some modern world clothes. 
Wow. What a break. What a, what a moment in history. What a beautiful time to, to be alive and just sit there and, and listen to an ad on a podcast. Mm. You know, somebody, a- I saw somebody on Twitter the other day, bring up a good point, which is that podcast ads work because if you try to skip them, you're risking death typically when you're like driving in your car or something, listening to the show. Mm. So, yeah. um, so you gotta listen to that me undies ad. <laughs> I take that challenge every day. I'm still here. I'm still, oh, I'm, I'm 25. I can't die. Let's be real. That's right. Um, so we, we're going to go to the listener questions. Y'all had plenty of them as always. We love you. Of course, the folks in the discord get the wrecked access to us. They can, they can ask, they can ask questions anytime they want really, but these are the ones we chose for the show. First one's going to come from Serenity DNB. I'll ask what are the upsides and downsides of bringing in Alan Franco? And I'm not, Sure, there's really a downside besides maybe, Joe, you talked about it only being 50% of the pass. So that maybe is it. Yeah, I mean, that's a downside. Maybe you would say it's a downside. The fact that he hasn't been able to be with the team for the whole training camp. Uh, But of course, anybody you bring in, that would be the case for anybody at this point. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of other downsides. Again, maybe he's not the passer that people would have wanted, you know, that really like kind of elegant type of passer. But, you know, I still feel like that that is kind of secondary in importance to um, what this team will look like under Heinze, which is just like an aggressive pressing team. Like that's what we've talked about um, with players who we've spoken with uh, over these last couple of weeks that the team has made available to us. is just like how aggressive it is. I think Jackson Conway may have spoke about that um, when we talked to him on the Patreon episode, just talking about the press. And, you know, I know that Gabriel Heinze hates the Bielsa comparisons, but, you know, Jackson <laughs> Conway said that it's like very Bielsa style and just mm-hmm. in terms of that high energy. And so I think that Alan Franco fits that really well. Yeah, no, it's not going to be a downside. It's not going to be a bad thing. Again, y'all need to, y'all need to lighten up. God damn it. It really helps to have a center back. That's fast. Like Franco, who, who's got mm-hmm. the, the recovery speed, um, to, to be able to race back. Cause when Atlanta United is going to be pressing teams, teams are going to try to counter that with those long balls, those long balls over the top when the, when the line is pressed up really high. So it's nice to have both Franco and miles Robinson are Super, super fast. Probably probably some of the faster center backs in the league uh, that can chase those balls down and just defend, you know, so that's, that's good one to of have. the things that kind of popped up a lot on any kind of scattering report of the Gabriel Lions, a team is that if you hit quickly over the top, especially down the middle, you know, because the center backs are so spread out in possession, it can be tough to recover. So having speedy guys like that, and we mentioned that as soon as Heinze came in, that Miles was going to succeed. And a Franco is that same level of SEC speed, like you're saying, Joe, you're right. That's a, that's a benefit. And I think people need to keep in mind, too, something to consider here is that Franco is probably a better player in general than Giannetti. Yeah. I think that's the I indication so. I'm getting from all the statistical folks, from people who have had some scouting access and things like that. What the benefit of Giannetti was, was to get a guy in who already knew the system and could direct others. Short term, great. Mm-hmm. Long term, this might be a plus for Atlanta United is my thinking. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And if you look at just the finances of the, of the deal, this is a more expensive deal um, than the Giannetti deal was. It's like, you know, mm. 2.8 for 50 percent. That is what a five and a half million dollar deal, something like that, if you extrapolate that 50 percent out. So. um so, yeah, I mean, I and I also wrote in that post uh, that 
football manager post on dirty sauce soccer that I thought he was just the best player at right now of any of those players in that post. Again, a lot of them are younger guys. That's kind of the profile we were looking at there, but uh, yeah, should be, should be a great defender. And hopefully he just has that little bit of added experience at 24 years old where uh, he could slot in and be confident and really kind of uh, take the reins as that starting center back here when he comes in. Well, it does kind of put a stop cap in front of George Campbell. I know some folks were excited about maybe seeing him getting a few more first team minutes this year, and I think he still will. But it leads us into our next question from ATL Greg, who asked, besides Conway, who, if any of the twos, could you see contributing to the first team this year? Who are some of the top guys there that you think are ready to take the next step? And George was one of those guys, and George still may be that kind of guy who comes in and does really, really well when he can. And then, you know, if he shows out enough, Miles leaves, you have a guy right there to take over. It's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, This is a it's a good question. I don't know if there's a great answer. I mean, honestly, like none of the twos players and by twos players, we're talking about like like none last year. Right. Yeah. And technically, technically, George Campbell isn't even a twos player. He's a first team player that would play with the twos. But I understand the point of the question. Um, You know, it's tough because, yeah, it's just going to be tough for any of those players to break through. But Ben Lundgaard is a guy who got his promotion. He's on a first team contract now. Goalkeeper um, was really impressive last year. uh, I thought in goal, he was really hard done by by his defenders at times that were making terrible mistakes late in games. Um, That really was not his fault. Um, Solid looking goalkeeper. And uh, Jack Gurr is another guy who's kind of more experienced. He's a I think he's from Newcastle. I know he's a Newcastle fan, but he's a right back. Um, it's a position that perhaps could Atlanta United could do some help, need some help throughout the course of the season, but um, he's not on a first team contract. So I don't know, maybe this year would be too much, be asking too much, but he was involved in that Copa America or not Copa America uh, club America game in the CONCACAF champions league that happened in December. He was called up for that game. So uh, he's clearly one who's kind of catching the eye and he's got a really nice uh, service from that right side. Conway, a homegrown Campbell, a homegrown as well, which leads us to our next question from Heathwood. And Joe, I'm going to let you start this one off because I'm a generous person. (laughs) Can you all explain? (laughs) No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Can you all explain the pros and cons of handing out homegrown contracts? As far as I can tell, our USL team is mostly youth. Some of them are homegrown, others not. What does it actually mean? What does it actually mean? What does mean? it mean? What does it? <laughs> this is something, and I said this in the Discord, it's something like when you cram for a Spanish test in high school, you know, you memorize like the five words for that hour and that hour alone. That's what I do with homegrown stuff. Anytime I have to like write a thing about homegrowns or say anything about homegrown, I look it up, remember it for the next 30 minutes. And forget it all immediately because it's usually <laughs> irrelevant by the time I've written the piece anyway, because they change it so damn much. Yeah. What I like to do, like on tests that give you a uh, short answer, like short answers instead of uh, multiple choice or something like that. And you clearly don't know the answer is to just like turn the question on its head and like question the question uh, and without actually answering what the hell a homegrown is. Um, no. So, I mean, the, the reason you would make somebody a homegrown is that they then take up a supplemental spot on the roster. So that's like a, essentially a free spot on the roster. It does not count against the salary budget. So that's kind of the primary reason you would do it. Also, I think that you still get a hundred percent of any 
sale of that player. Uh, I could be wrong there because they seem to change this from time to time, but it does seem regardless that there, there's definitely more value in, uh, in what you receive for a, a fee. If you do have a homegrown player, that's good enough to, you know, demand one. Um, so those are two reasons as to like, I don't think that it matters at all for a homegrown to be playing with the twos on the USL side, other than the fact that, you know, that anybody who's on a homegrown deal is probably going to, you know, the club is going to want to give them more mm-hmm. exposure, more playing time at that level since they are tied into the first team at that point. Yeah. Essentially what it is, is the value piece. If you hit on it, you've done a really, really impressive thing and you've done a really, really valuable thing for your team. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, you look at someone like Jordan Morris finding that homegrown value initially um, his first three years, you know, before he launched up in, in contract status, which is what happens if you go past a certain threshold with your contract, you are not on that supplemental spot anymore, but you can still get the whole 100% of the transfer thing and everything like that. Um, but, you know, for those first few years, you get a ton of value out of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, especially. And for sure. Of course, obviously it's good PR, everything like that. Who doesn't love, you know, some kid from, not Powder Springs. That's the first thought I had. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Crap. <laughs> um, uh, Brazelton. Brazelton. Who's from Brazelton? I don't know. No one. No, I just. Yeah. I was just thinking of a random Where did city. high school? Hold on. We know uh, this, George right? is from Douglasville, I think. Douglasville. Okay. Yep. Cool. Perfect. See, Douglasville. Much um, better. We love you, George. As for like who is eligible to be a homegrown, I really don't know because a guy like George Campbell can be a homegrown, even though he played most of his youth career in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents moved down here and he joined the academy. And I don't know if you need to be in the academy for like a year or something before you can you're eligible to sign that deal. But um, yeah, just pointing out things that I don't know the answer to, <laughs> which is a lot, which is a lot. Again, <laughs> they're making this up. We're making this up. Everyone's making this up. It's all fake. It doesn't even like matter because the, the rules will all be changed in, in a couple of years anyway. So exactly. Exactly. Don't don't worry about it, guys. It's like, again, I've mentioned this before. It's like following like the recruiting status of a guy who's like always oh, narrowing it down to 15 teams today. <laughs> Look out. Don't don't do it. Go go read a book. It's a trap. Go learn an instrument. Please do anything else. <laughs> it'll it'll come up when it comes up. OK, cool. It was a fair question, though. Like, I don't mean to be dismissive of it. We just get so irked by those things. Thank you for that, Heathwood. I'm all aggressive now. Tony asks, any updates on if, when, how many fans can attend games as of right now? No. Yeah, right? I don't know why I actually included this question on the show sheet because I don't know the answer to it. <laughs> well, I read it. So yeah, I will say uh, the Braves announced that they are opening up um, SunTrust or Truist Park for the opening day at 33% capacity. Um, so maybe that gives okay. you some sort of ballpark as to what to expect. But yeah, I mean, they're pretty, I would expect this news pretty soon because they have not um, sent out like season tickets or done a lot of that communication yet with season tickets ticket holders as far as i mm-hmm. can tell uh i mean yeah, i am no, a season we, ticket holder we i can't remember getting an yeah. email about it so um yeah i mean stay tuned i guess but i would imagine around that 33 percent mark yeah and what i've been noticing too is that place has been doing like 50 percent of what you can keep socially distant right okay yeah um, so it, it might be something very very similar to that where it's 33 percent of what you can keep socially distance and everything like that um so we'll see we'll see just be patient we're and, almost there guys and i would expect it to actually expand quite rapidly um that, that percentage too. Because, yeah, I mean, Ooh, let's do a fun thing that I like to play in my head sometimes, even though I'm not a medical professional and have no real understanding of how viruses technically work or anything like that and or vaccines. Um, this is a big disclaimer just to say, when do you think we have full capacity? Again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll say um, 
You know, the Braves, again, the Braves announced that they are planning for full capacity for the All-Star game this summer, mm-hmm. which, which is, is like July, mid-Ju- right? mid-July. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say July 1st or July 4th. Why not? Uh, that that I, seems like a the president did say something about like July 4th. Oh, that's you can, right. Like, you hang out with that, your family. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, my thing here is that like um, by May, everyone will be able to get a vaccine who wants one at that point. Mm-hmm. And if you are on some really shitty part of the Internet that's telling you not to do that and you don't do that, that's that's your choice at that point. Everyone yeah. come on in. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think that there's a big difference between if the stadium is open for full capacity, like if they're inviting Mm -hmm. full capacity and whether that full capacity will actually come. I think that there will be some sort of dip in the demand just from certain people Mm. are naturally just going to still have that kind of fear in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that maybe I'm in the opposite camp. Honestly, I'm in the opposite camp. Honestly, I think people are just so itching to to get there. Well, that's how I I feel personally as well. Right. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'm projecting. (laughs) That's how I feel personally. But I just Mm -hmm. I just yeah, I think it seems to me like there will be some people who don't want to go, which is fine. I mean, if they don't want to go. But I think the thing is that once (laughs) the teams start opening up and it's clearly not like a vector of creating, um, you know, a chaotic situation, then it's just like people will just exercise their own personal risk, you know, uh, thresholds. So if you want to take the risk, if you even feel like it's a risk at all, then you do or you don't go. That was another segment of Sam and Joe. Guess wildly (laughs) about public health measures, about public health measures. (laughs) But it's fun to talk about because it's so I feel optimistic and I hope you do, too, at this point. Yeah, Um, the numbers are looking great. Yeah, absolutely. Go get your vaccine. All right. uh, Moving on. Todd Anderson asked with a new (laughs) Todd, 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 Todd. (laughs) with a new coach and overhauled roster. What are realistic expectations and or predictions for the first CCL tie against Alahuense? Which first off, tough draw. Tough place to go. Tough place, tough to, place play. to go. Tough place to be. Yeah, tough. It's going to be tough. Really tough. They're a good team. People don't know about Brian Ruiz. You know? Like, yeah. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Here, here's the, here. Look, I don't mean to dunk on Todd there um, because his question is good. It's just, you yeah. know. You know. <laughs> we get the question like every week, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I The reason I put it in because I did have a new thought, a new little light bulb popped oh. into my head when I read this okay. one, actually, which is that I do feel like Ella Al- Al- Huilenze, <laughs> God damn it. Alohomora. Um, is uh you know they're doing very well in their league whatever league that is that they play in (laughs) and um, Uh no but i think that like so teams probably like sit off of them a little bit more they can they they control the game a little bit more um and they're they're going to have to play a very different style against a team that's a lot more talented than the competition that they play against so that will be interesting to see how they deal with that maybe it (laughs) makes them make more mistakes or something i don't know personally honestly i'm actually um my my expectations for atlanta have really fallen off like I would not even be surprised if they get knocked out by Alohuen. Okay, so that's that's what I think the question is actually. The heart of the question is, you know, it's not so much, is this a tough draw? Yes, right? It is, what is the expectations? What are the realistic expectations for Atlanta as a team? And I think I think you should, frankly, expect a team with a clout in the capital of Atlanta to, to beat Hello Wednesday, right? I like, agree. That is a realistic should, yeah. expectation. However, you should not be surprised if it does not happen. Exactly. That's exactly it. That is your expectation level for this team. Looking forward, you know, going throughout the year, I, you should absolutely expect this team to be in the playoffs if they are not in the playoffs. Something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. But again, if there are some clunks at the beginning, if there are some missteps, if there are a couple of games, like Joe said a while back, there are a couple of games where we are posting like troll two clips at halftime because it's five <laughs> nothing and Chicago is scoring on you of all teams. 
Um, it may happen a couple of times. It may just be very chaotic. It's going to be a lot like 2017, which was a blast. So just keep that in mind. And I think you'll have a lot of fun with this team. Yeah, should be a fun season. I think so, especially because Joseph apparently has a man bun now. We had a, uh, a question about that from Joel Betts. What is up with that little ponytail thing Joseph has going and pictures from the scrimmage? I don't know. I don't know. He's just doing him. One time I asked him why he dyed his hair a certain color and he's broke in English and said, man, I don't know. So <laughs> there we go. Um, that's the first time Joseph ever spoke English to me. I think <laughs> was just to tell me, yeah, I'm an idiot for even asking a dumb question like that. Uh, but Joel did have another question. He asked, will Franco have a complex because he was third choice for who to bring in at center back? You know, like that girl you went to prom with because the first two girls turned you down and she made you miserable the whole night. Oh, that was just me. Never mind. Prayers, Joel. Prayers. <laughs> um, no, he won't. He won't be worried about that. You know, yeah. it was like a third choice thing. It, he'll be a professional. He'll come in. And these are highly people forget just how absurdly competitive these guys are you know i think people are dismissive sometimes even because it's like mls level you know but they're gonna come in and bust their ass that's just how it works you know Mm -hmm. i mean he doesn't he he, he's choosing to come here (laughs) so exactly uh, (laughs) right like he's not gonna be like he wants to see about it yeah he's not gonna be paul rudd picking up the dishes and wet hot american summer (laughs) about it right Uh, like (laughs) he's gonna do it full-heartedly for sure. Which which leads us to which leads us to our final couple of questions here. And I'll, I'll group these together. The first one comes from Will. The second one comes from Unite, Chop, Rise. Um, and we'll just take Will's phrasing of it. Is Joseph any good? I just don't know. Since Orlando signed Pato. I don't know. I've heard. I've heard that Joseph is bad. I've heard that. The, people the the it, using pato as some sort of like uh, <laughs> barometer of success yeah, yeah. like I, I i don't know if you remember this but when the news came across the wire they were gonna sign him i was shocked that he still played like i thought he was retired for sure um <laughs> he's like one of those players who had like a very legendary like three-year period um, when he was like 18 yeah yeah when he was thing, really yeah. young back in the early two, 2010s and mm-hmm. and then just kind of fell off the map um, I think he had Completely. some uh, relations with uh, Maradona's oh, daughter something or like something that like too. that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of those. It's a fascinating <laughs> Wikipedia page. You know, it's a bad thing, though, when you go to like your Wikipedia page and there's just a big section that just says injuries. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's Pato. And, and the guy's argument for Joseph actually being bad is that he was coming off an injury. But he's like, no, no, no. Pato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. He didn't even pick the best player on his own damn team, which is Chris Mueller. Yeah. The money badger. True. Come on. More output than Nani. Hey, definitely going to be more. Do you, more do you know if uh, DK is going to be back with Orlando by that game? Do you have any <laughs> do idea? I know? Yeah. I mean, hey, you're connected. <laughs> okay, yeah, to I know what you're saying. Um, I don't have any inside info on, on DK's potential move to what looks like a big six team. I don't even know happen. what his loan, like what the terms of his loan are. Like if he. If so he, he will be back at the end of Barnsley's at the end of Barnes. Okay. Um, so, so they probably still have some ways to, to go then. It's a, it's a little bit of ways. He will not be back for that first game. Yeah. yeah okay. least. So it'll either be Pato or Tesho Akindeli starting up top for Orlando. Of course, you still have the, the very dangerous Mueller on the wings with Nani on the wings. They're still going to be really, really damn good. It's going to be heck of a game. And I mentioned this today that the fact that both teams are actually good now is going to cause the MLS Twitterverse to just like cave in on itself like a black hole <laughs> and explode. You know, just yeah. full supernova. It's going to be a disaster. I'm going to be awesome, though. I'm gonna, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to barricade myself in a little bit. <laughs> just crank those notifications off, lob some grenades and duck. <laughs> you know, it's going to be awesome. 
going to be awesome. I've already enjoyed the day so much with, with Joseph is actually bad, you know? So looking forward to it, looking forward to it for sure. For sure. But, but don't expect, I would not expect DK to be back. Okay. That's good. In any capacity. I don't want, I don't want to have to deal with DK. No, no whatsoever. No one does, which is why big six teams are are paying so much attention. to. Yeah. Yeah. They turned down like a $10 million offer. $10 million offer from a big six team. Oh, from a big six team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which honestly, like good for you, Orlando, yeah. know your worth. He's like, he's worth 20 million at least. Right. Crazy. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yes. he just keeps scoring. He just keeps, he just keeps scoring. He's incredibly smart. He's young. He has like generational physical attributes. He's six two two twenty, playing forward, like come the fuck on, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I might be biased. I like there a lot. I got to talk to him for a feature the other day, but you know, whatever. Whatever, you just know, casual. Yeah. Another day in the life of Sam Jones, <laughs> the protagonist of life. Anyway, that was Daryl DK talk. This is rapid fire. Ben Morales asks, are there any fringe players that we should keep our eyes on? Is Jake Moraney going to be our Vela? Uh, no on the second part. Although Jake Moraney is starting to turn my head a little bit. I will I will give you that. He was one I mentioned in the uh but in the international slots, the player who could possibly be loaned. But I'm now starting to think that there's going to be green cards coming because he definitely seems very involved in what's going on. So, yeah, I like the Jake Moraney shout. Yeah, I can't think of any really fringe players that we should really be keeping our eyes on. Keep your eyes on the main folks right He's now. He's a fringe player who's in one of those attacking positions, you know, who has an opportunity mm-hmm. to really do something special. Is Eric Lopez a fringe player? Yes or no? Oh, hell no. <laughs> he's a core, he's Hayson, a core piece. Hayson <laughs> asks, do you think Joseph goes 90 right from the start of the CCL? Um, no. No, definitely really, really not. Don't. I think we may be a month in before we really see Joseph going a full 90, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seems a little little hesitant right now is my understanding of it. He may be so competitive, though, it'll be hard to, to pull him off, but they'll want to be very, very steady and careful with him. Kenny asks, first thing to know about Einze's tactics how does he want the team ideally to play Joseph like or Joe like three words on this? Yeah, we have talked about this quite a bit, but just pressing press, press, press the high energy 2017 Atlanta United. Love it. Love it. Ryan Lee asked, which Atlanta United player do you think is the most lactose intolerant? I laughed at this question because I immediately went Emerson Heinemann. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Brad Guzan, although, you know, that's probably a bad shout. I don't know why, but <laughs> I want to dig into that later. Joel asked if Heinz <laughs> Teaches Velo to kick his granny and be good on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball like he already is. What's the number Atlanta would want for him to move to Europe over under 10 million? So looking at folks like Brian Reynolds and uh, Reggie Cannon who went to Boa Vista, that's really technically going to, to another Italian team, everything like that. Um, those numbers were around 6 million, around 7 million, around 8 million. I think Velo could maybe get there with the way the market is and with way the MLS teams are like you see with DK. I think the DK thing might be a turning point where MLS teams kind of sit back and say, this is our worth, you know, because mm-hmm. folks have been coming in because MLS players are a value buy. Uh, but now that MLS knows that their players are value buy, they can increase those prices a little bit more. So maybe George gets to 10. I say under, though. That's why it's great. I mean, we talked about Daryl DK, but I mean, any MLS fan should have some sort of minimal investment in other players going for big money and then succeeding once they go over because it's only going to raise the prices of all the players that are on your current team. So, yeah, I think that if you can get 10 million for Bello, I think you've done really, really well. And that means Bello's had a good season as well. So I think that's a good number. Transfer Serenity asked, does Joe get a scouting stipend from the team for his football manager work, Joe? I only accept in non-fungible tokens, so, but I haven't gotten any yet. They've, there's mm-hmm. been no communication Bummer. between me and the team about NFTs. Bummer. Rapid fire. 
Um, jo- wait, shit. Yes, no. Yes, yes. Jo- Joel already, no. Yes, Joel, if Heinze gets Barco playing well, what's the number of the club says he's yours? I don't know that we'll fully recruit the rumored 16 million, but 15. So that's like trigger that clause, that theoretical clause in his contract for the transfer. Um, 15, if someone comes to 15, he's gone, right? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. 15. Uh, if someone comes to 10, is he gone? Mm. Mm. I'll say yes. Ooh. Actually, <laughs> 10 after the season, yes. 10 mid-season. 15 mid-season, I think they would do that. 10 million mid-season, I don't think they would. Nice. Battletoad asks, do I have to spend 20 bucks a month for episodes that are just ASMR ad reads with Joe and Sam? Those are 50. <laughs> and that was rapid fire. Whew. Stressful, stressful. That was good. Stressful. We need to make a new Patreon tier for ASMR. For ASMR, ASMR content. Mm-hmm. I think that's. No, I'm not going to make that joke. I'll make that joke off air. All right. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. As always, we appreciate y'all again. Go check out the Patreon and Joe. Any final thoughts? For yeah. You? If you enjoy the Patreon, if you enjoy the show, there's nothing that helps build the show and grow the community here better than like just go one on one to like your buddy uh, or a family member or something and be like, hey, check this out. That is that is that is how you actually like connect with somebody and really grow the community instead of like, I mean, we appreciate any type of sharing whatsoever, <laughs> social media and that kind of stuff. But just tell a friend, tell, tell somebody, you know, about the show. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, go check out us. Joe is at J Patrick Hunter on Twitter. I'm at J underscore Sam Jones. I have a few things up and coming up on the mothership as well. Right now today dropped a piece on MLS tattoos. Which I think it's really fun to kind of look through and then go see those, especially the Celine Dion butt tattoo this guy has from Seattle. It's, it's truly, truly remarkable. I think you need to see it to, to really believe it. Um, other fun things coming as well. So go check that out, please. Please. And thank you. Yep. And more Alan Franco news. I'm sure to come on dirty South soccer, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> Cross your fingers. Something's going to happen. Uh, good luck out there. I all. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.